Welcome back to the West Side Discussion Podcast. My name is Jay. This is episode two. Today I'm joined by Seth Jeniton. Seth is finishing up his first year on Team West Side as a local pro. He lives in South Dakota with his wife and two children, currently serving in the South Dakota National Guard for seven years, as well as a screen press operator. This weekend he'll be playing and TDing in a tournament. Seth, thanks for coming on. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Jay? Not too bad. Busy, busy, wrapping last minute things up and making sure we got everything good for all the players coming up to the to the Richmond Rumble. Nice, nice. So you're TD in uh, this tournament. Is this the first time you've been TD or how, how many times you've uh, been TD? Uh, no, so I've been head TD of our area um, since last year. We hosted the 2020 South Dakota States. Uh, if any of you guys want to check it out, it is on parsave.com. They came over and recorded us and it, it was an awesome turnout. Um, the guy, the gentleman that was the head TD in that tournament, he had stepped down after that and I took over. So this year I've done, this will be my third tournament solo TD um, in this area. On my deployment, I actually TD'd two events of Vets for Veterans. I was the only international Vets for Veterans tournament ran. And then I also TD'd a tournament in the Czech Republic. Um, just they needed a tournament director and they wanted to sanction it. and I said I would do it, so I stepped up and you know I ran a tournament out in another country. So it was pretty, pretty fun. Other than that, I've been doing assistant TD now. I think uh, with him, we've been doing it four years. I think. Oh wow! A so, little bit of TD experience, a little bit. You learn every time, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you're TDing and playing, does that do you find that throws off your game too much? Do you, do you have to adjust to anything? Um, not really. Our tournaments out here never get super huge like they do in some of the other states. Um, we're pretty rural still, so it's about where I'm located. The next biggest course course is about three hours, so it takes you know it's it's the hardcore dedicated that come out to our event and they know all the rules, they know what's going on, and usually they've been coming to our event for many years. Um, so. No, as long as there's no super huge issues, but otherwise, I always have my phone on me. If someone needs to get in contact with me with something, we always make sure, like, go through the steps and procedures, go through provisionals, talk to your card mates, figure it out. If then all else fails, you can always give me a call. But yeah, I haven't had any uh, issues yet. It really doesn't bother my gameplay, especially it's the local course, so it's just like throwing another round with the guys. Is there anything as a TD that uh, maybe you wish more players knew or understood about tournaments? Uh, the biggest thing I could say with tournaments is make sure you pre-reg. It makes everything a thousand percent easier. Um, it makes payouts easier. And win payouts and distributing the payouts, when we can do that a couple days in advance, it also allows players to get on the road who need to travel um, a little bit faster because it's already totaled out and everything and separated. Uh, the biggest thing you have to do is if there's ties, they play out and you split it. Um, but pre-registration helps a ton. Uh, for instance, today I had a local guy text me and say, hey, I can I can play. Uh, I want everything. I want a hoodie, want a, the eighth spot. I actually just finished printing the hoodies and we'd, so we'd already had them ordered. So now he has to wait a couple extra days for me to, re, to order one in to print for him because it was an extra thing that I'm doing for, for sale for the club. So, you know, it's stuff like that where 
you pre-reg and I got all the numbers and I got all everything set to go and uh, it helps everyone out immensely. Got it. All right. That's good advice. So before we back up and kind of talk about your uh, disc golf journey, I do want to give a thank you to our sponsor, Mando Discware. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, you really should. They have a great lineup, lineup of apparel, hats, shades, and even Mando joggers that are made specifically for disc golf. Uh, this thing is pretty cool. It even has on it a clip for your towel. And if you don't have a towel, you can get one there. So check them out on mandodiscware.com. Use code WSD10 at checkout to save 10%. That's WSD10. All right, so Seth, uh, how long have you been playing disc golf? Um, you know, since I first picked up a disc, I was probably back in high school. Uh, I was super recreationally. I think it was 2009, uh, I want to say. I picked up my first two discs. It was a Discraft Wildcat and a, um, I don't even know the putter. Um, but I kind of just played here and there, played with your friend. You'd go out to the course and throw, and that was it. And I really didn't get serious until about six years ago. I started playing more and more. Um, I slowly started trickling my bag into Trilogy. I ended up winning, or not winning, but getting last cash in a tournament, and I picked up a Westside Giant, and that Giant is actually still currently in my bag, so it's one of the longest running, and it's the only disc that's not white in my bag right now, too, called Old Blue. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing for about six years now at events. The event that really turned it for me was the formerly known as GBO, now the DDO. I got invited by a local pro out of Sioux. He lives in uh, Sioux Falls a couple hours away. He invited me to come down and ride with them down there and sign up and go play. So shout out to Jeff, Justin Sampson. He knows, he knows he's the one that started this and got me addicted. and. You know, I went down there, didn't know what I was, what I was about to do. I thought it was just a regular another tournament. It was just in Kansas. And when I showed up and all the pros were there, everyone was there. I met Nate Doss, which was one of my all-time favorites. Um, he actually signed one of my hats for me. I mean, everyone. He was my buddy whose last name is Samson. He was on a card, you know, with a bunch of pros. He was on a card with Eric. I think he, who else was on our card? Man, I can't remember everybody was there. I was just too, too star, starstruck uh, right. with that experience. And ever since then, after that event, I was just, I wanted to do it. I wanted to play competitively. I wanted to play as many tournaments as I could. could. And I ended up playing like 20 some tournaments that year. And just kept it going, and I jumped up and in, into the ranks, and slowly but surely moved up to open, and been hanging out, playing when I can, running mainly running tournaments and running leagues, but still playing when I can get out. So you got the giant. Uh, you said that was your first Westside disc. What got you connected with the team? So I loved Westside discs. Uh, I've had their once I got that giant, I just slowly kept getting more and more and i did i had some dd some latitude stuff uh here and there but every time i would see another west side of oh i, I really like that I really i really enjoyed the stamps i love the stamps i think that's what draws a lot of people in 
are the stamps that are on there. And then once you know that every one of those stamps ties into the story with, uh, you know, the finished fairy tales, you really, you really invest into it. And so I just kept reading more about the different stamps from all the finished tales and uh, just kept getting more and more of the West Side plastic. I joined Team Trilogy. Uh, that was a big step, I think. They have their point system. Use that, you know, put your points in for the tournaments you get. And I really think that helped me get recognized by some of the Trilogy members. And I would apply each year. I started applying for sponsorships. I went five applications, uh, so five years. Finally reached out to, at the time, it was Taco. Uh, Brian Shintaco was a team manager. He reached back to me and when I was on my deployment in 2019-2020 and we had another team member, Kyle Giovanni, out there and he had reached out to Taco and told him, hey, hit this kid up. Well, you know, talk to him for sure. I think he'd be a great fit. So actually me and Brian had a long conversation and then he had left. Um, and I'm not sure if he quite passed his words on or not, but I had reached out to Chris Villa, the team captain, and told him what has happened, told him I talked to Brian, and he said, all right, well, you know, we're going to, I'm going to talk, you know, talk with Gabe, talk with Eric, and they met, and they had talked, and I, I'll never forget the message from Chris. He had messaged me, he said, hey, you know, um, we're looking for some team members still, and I need a guy from South Dakota. Do you happen to know anybody? Little, little sunglass emoji, and I lost it. I... And I didn't even know what to type back. I'm sure my little bubbles were just sitting in the text box like, oh, are, are, one, are you joking? And two, yeah, of course. You know, I'm in. I'm in all the way. So it was such an awesome experience to get picked. And then, you know, when you get emails from the guys who create the website to upload your picture and everything, and then there you see your name, your where your location is and everything on that West Side site. It's like, man, this is awesome. Yeah, it really makes it official. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So you mentioned that he was, you know, kind of joking with you, but saying that uh, they're looking for someone in South Dakota. As as a player who's not touring, um, what are some responsibilities, you know, by being sponsored uh, when you're just kind of staying local? So I think the big thing, and, you know, I actually was going to go through and read um, more on my because it in our contracts it actually has some you know listed responsibilities of what they would like to see us to do and I kind of find myself in a weird spot because uh, you know the the things they ask of us non-tours are you know do a clinic uh, you know run one or two clinics a year about a 30 minutes to an hour long run some sort of league or tournament. And I think that was like one, one every month or one every couple months, um, which leagues, leagues count towards that. And then make sure you're just, you have a good presence on the social media standpoint. Um, well, I, I mean, I well exceed that. I run a weekly league that we do every single week from the moment the snow is gone as soon as we can, you know, so it's, four or five, six months of league. Plus I run three tournaments at minimum, usually four to five. 
if we can, you know, if there was more trilogy plastic, I'd be running a, another trilogy challenge and then the veterans for vets tournament. So I'm kind of in a weird spot where I, I do far more than what we're asked for, which I'm everyone on the contracts, you know, everyone in the same uh, contract division as myself. I'm sure we all do way more than we're expected to because, you know, we love, we love helping out the company. Um, so yeah, those are just kind of, kind of the smaller responsibilities that we are, we're asked to do and they're fairly easy to achieve. You know, you, as long as you're dedicated to your sport and you're willing to help it grow, it's super easy to fulfill your contract. You were talking about, um, it was it was kind of cool seeing your name on on the website and everything. I make it real. What was the first kind of especially since this was your first year? What was kind of the first uh, perk or benefit that uh, happened to you from Westside? And you're like, man, this is just awesome. Um, you know, I think one of the first ones that I really enjoyed, especially with what I work in, was getting that order form where it's like, hey. Put in your order form for your Team Westside stuff for all your Team Westside apparel. You know, everyone can get the Westside a Westside shirt says Westside, but the ones with the team logo on it, you know, that's the it's a whole different brand. You know, whole different ball game. You earn that, and getting that like fill this out and you'll get your team gear. That was that was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed enjoyed that and really took that moment in to to get that ordered. And you know, wear that wear that team stuff proud. I I love it, and I actually wear my hat so much that definitely needs to be cleaned, and or I need another one. How often can you order those kind of kind of things? Once a year? Yeah. So we have an allotment. Um, you have a set allotment that allows you to order a certain amount of apparel items, and you can break it up however you want. So. You know, a lot of players who've been on a while, I'm sure they only order like a couple shirts and, you know, replacement hats, stuff like that. Whereas I had to start, you know, fresh. This is my first year. So I'm, I'm getting the shirt. I'm getting the hoodie. I'm getting the hat. I'm getting the sweatpants. I'm getting like one of everything just so I can be covered in a couple polos. Um, but it was nice, though, that they give you the option. If you get an, uh, an item that you want heat pressed, you can actually send it down to Kansas. And they will heat press. You have polos, or in my case, I had a couple jackets that I had, some rain jackets. I sent down to Gabe. He heat pressed them for me, and I rock those whenever it's in a rainy day or when I'm at a tournament and stuff. So um, you can really keep ordering apparel or keep sending it down, and they'll do their best to get it back to you in in a timely manner. And otherwise, I'm not really sure if you can reorder. I'm sure you could. You would just have to purchase it, just like any other apparel item. This is your first year on the team. Uh, you mentioned the contract. Is, this, is it a rolling contract, multi-year contract, or how does that work? So mine is just a one-year uh, one contract with a reevaluation. So they, they just go through and based on you know, what you do, if you fill out, fulfill all your obligations and you're doing well with the team and everything, you know, they, they'll send out contracts and usually they do it around the late fall, like November, December kind of time frame, because then they'd like to start getting the apparel ordered and start planning out the next year's tournaments and where everyone's going to be and, and where they can be to support you, um, you know, with like tour stamp discs and stuff 
mm-hmm. uh, like that. So, yeah, they the contracts will come out in November. Um, mine came, I think, this last year, November 22nd was the day I got my contract. And I was pretty excited to read that. So are they always uh, one-year contracts or longer with the team? Do they get longer and longer? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not really positive how the contracts go, but I'm sure with some of the bigger players like Erica or Nico, they really look at some of those longer contracts, just like they do with TD with Eric and Chris Clemens. Um, I would imagine touring players, they want to keep them around and playing on the team for quite some time. So they're probably doing a multi, multi-year contract. So with this being your uh, finishing up your first year, kind of looking back, um, what, what advice would you give to a player who maybe um, has worked hard and, and gotten on a team, whether it's West Side or another, another manufacturer? What, what's some advice you might give someone on their first year? Um, some biggest advice that maybe I'm, I'm taking back to is even if you're not on your first year, like say you're going to get a contract or you're going into your second, is just make sure you're you know, playing the game how you are playing when you got there. I see a lot of players who, when they get sponsored, they kind of crumble because you feel you feel like you have extra added pressure being a sponsored player. And I noticed it right away when, I mean, I would just go to leagues and I was like just overthinking every shot, everything like, oh man, I got to do really well because now I got this name on my back. So I have to do well every single time. And it's just too much pressure. Just go out, throw. Make sure you're still enjoying the sport, still having a good time. And, you know, that's, I think that's going to push you along farther and, you know, actually perform better with that mentality and still be able to wear that logo on your back proudly. Yeah, that's good advice. Thank you. So you mentioned, you mentioned the stamps and I'm in that same situation after I got done playing, uh, you know, one of my first or second ever real rounds of disc golf i went to play it against sports to to buy some discs and i saw a queen and a sword there like man these stamps are pretty cool and i had no idea what flight numbers were i thought those were just kind of like some made-up stats to make the stamp look even cooler so i was definitely sold sold on on uh, west side discs uh, on the stamp alone but tell me about your stamp what what is that what's what does your stamp say and what does that mean so my stamp, to me, it's super important. If you actually, those of you who have seen the stamp, and for those of you who purchased the stamp, I appreciate it. I appreciate you supporting, you know, myself being able to play tournaments. It's crazy to even see your name on a disc like that and your own stamp. Um, so a lot of people know that I have a Lakota background. Rosebud Sioux is the tribe that I come from. And you look at the actual details of it there's a small rose on it and that represents my grand my great-grandmother who i knew from a child um, i didn't really know my great-great-grandmother very much and you know that's where the lineage started with myself so i wanted to attribute her in my my first stamp and um you go down to the words and when you translate it over it means i am a rosebud lakota warrior so that is something that's been in my bloodline um it's something that when i'm having a hard time i'll never forget my mom telling me that you know we come from warrior background we were 
uh, related to one of the chiefs. We were related to the half-sister of one of the chiefs, so that's where our lineage comes from. We've got warrior blood in our in our fiends, so that's been always something I go back on to when I'm having a real tough time is I can get through this. My family got through this. We're all warriors, and it just means a ton to me to have that as my first stamp. Moving forward, I actually might just keep this going once a year and then put the year on it. So I know a lot of people like to collect discs and especially something that has a consistent stamp like that. So that might be something I'm looking forward to doing in the future is do that one every year and then also do another run with something maybe a little different. Okay. And how do you pronounce it? The, uh, so you, you said Mieu. Changu, Akijita, Yale. So, a little bit, a little bit tricky. The Lakota, the Lakota language. I'm still trying to learn. Um, I rely on my one of my cousins heavily for that. Whenever I'm looking up something or like trying to learn how to say something, uh, I'll always message her, and we try to type back and forth. And I'm like, I just can't do this. You have to just work it for me. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's very cool. That's very cool to have a stamp like that. So what's your off-season going to look like? Or do you have an off-season? Up here in South Dakota, we definitely have an off-season. Our our off-season is fast approaching. Um, It's actually just getting darker and darker by the the day. Uh, We actually have to be done with the league by about 7.30 now. Um, So we're losing daylight by the... Every single day, it seems like... So my off season mostly consists of just trying to stay in some some decent of a shape and putting for as much as I can. I really don't do a ton of throwing until the next season starts to approach, and then I'll be able to I'll start doing some field work. But it's mainly keeping my putting rhythm down and making sure I stay in shape, doing just little workouts every single day just to keep your body moving especially through these cold winter months where you kind of just want to be stagnant and just not do anything because it's freezing outside. Um, but yeah, that's, that's usually my biggest thing. Uh, we always try and do a putting league last year. We didn't because of COVID, but this year we got a couple options. And so we, I actually might be running another putting league, the marks marksman league that dynamic disc does. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that. I think I've ran three of those now, two or three of those now. Um, so that's always a fun time. We got a lot of guys who come out and support that. So that would be something I'm definitely interested in doing if they get that going again this year. And then looking ahead to next year, what what are some goals you, you're setting for yourself uh, for your season next year? So next year, the one of the bigger goals I want to hit is get into that 970 range for my play rating. Um, South Dakota, it's a little odd. We seem to be like, I would say 10 to 15 points lower than anybody. Uh, like one of, one of the guys who is on the last 64 team, Justin Kenoyer, I mean, the dude shreds, he shoots thousand rated tournaments all the time when he's out of state, but due to, uh, you know, having just a low number of people our player ratings seem to be a little bit lower than everybody else's. So I really want to climb up and get into that 970 where, you know, it's that pro status kind of starts. And 
I, uh, that's kind of one of the bigger ones and just finish well in some tournaments, just play well-rounded golf is the, is the other biggest thing I'm looking at doing is not necessarily winning, taking down a bunch of tournaments, but just making sure my game is consistent and I'm really working through the tournament without getting, you know, a blow pole or a stretch of bogeys that didn't need to be there. Um, those are kind of my main focuses. It's just clean, clean golf. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck to you. And where can people follow you uh, to watch you do that? So a couple places. Um, you can go on to my Instagram. Pretty simple. Throw the hyzer is my tag there. Uh, you'll see the west side picture with myself throwing in my logo in the background. If you guys want to, you can always add me on Facebook. I usually add pretty much anybody. As long as you're, you know, you've got some disc golf pictures and some mutual friends, I usually go through a little bit. Um, and then I always post on the West Side Discs fan page. Um, to either, you know, I post on that or I have them to come over to my Instagram. Either one of those, the West Side fan page is an awesome place for people to go when they're looking for knowledge on West Side Discs or just chat with the other West Side fans of the of the world. So. Those will be a couple of places where you can keep an eye out for myself as I play and do different events and different leagues and keep growing the sport. All right, perfect. Thank you so much uh, again for coming on. Is there any any last things you want to say, add or plug? Uh, no, I appreciate everyone who's ordered my discs. I think I actually ordered 200 of them and we're down to about 40 and most of those are dedicated to the local guys that are going to be picking them up on Friday. So everybody who purchased a one of the bt hybrid gatekeepers from me with my stamp on it i super appreciate it i appreciate Westside discs for sponsoring me and taking me on as a player and as always i appreciate beautiful wife heather and our two kids to allow me to play and allow me to travel and do tournaments and front legs and fill their lives with disc golf because it definitely pours out of me and onto them sometimes all right, very cool. Thank you so much for listening. This is the West Side Discussion Podcast. I want to thank Seth again for coming on. And thank you to our sponsor, Mando Discware. The theme song is What Would You Be Like by Akira the Don. We'll continue the discussion next time.